Hello and welcome to another edition of Between the Rows. I'm your host this week, Manitoba Cooperator Editor Gord Gilmore. In this episode, we'll talk to Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference Organizer Iris Mech. We just didn't see women enough. We didn't profile women enough. Uh, we didn't recognize the contribution that they make to the agricultural industry. And that's really what's behind Advancing Women and why I created it. Market watcher Phil Franz Workington will fill us in on this logistics meltdown. There's less to export, so it, it hasn't hit the ag sector to the same extent. So that's not necessarily a good news thing because, you know, we'd rather have more to export. And we catch up with Sandra Dick, a woman who has met the challenges of agricultural leadership. Basically, anybody can get get value out of this conference. It is such offers such a wide range of topics from mental health to managing your farm to social media. And don't forget, you can now find us on YouTube. Just search Between the Rows Podcast. Again, make sure to look for Between the Rows Podcast. There you'll find the latest episodes, plus our show archives, and even a few extras. In the meantime, we'll be back right after this word from our sponsors. Part of being a farmer is being an accountant and a mechanic and a chemist. You have lots on the go. So FarmLink makes your grain marketing go further. We help you reach your financial goals with calculated sales decisions. No bias, just solutions and results. Plus, with our new app, GrainFox, we bring every opportunity right to your fingertips, literally. Start seeing the returns that'll get your family ahead. You've earned it. FarmLink, your work is worth more. Get started at farmlinksolutions.ca. And we're back. You're listening to Between the Rows, the podcast of Glacier Farm Media. I'm your host this week, Manitoba Cooperator Editor Gord Gilmore. Next week marks the start of the annual Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference. We're joined today by organizer Iris Mech, who'll tell us about why the virtual event should be on your agenda. Iris, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you, Gord. Thanks very much. So the uh, 2021 Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference kicking off next week. What are some of the key themes that you folks will be exploring this year? We're just so delighted to have women join us for the virtual conference that's starting on November 22nd and 23rd. Uh, it's a great program that emphasizes key leadership skills and development opportunities, uh, including communications and mentorship, coaching, financial management and independence is a really big topic this year. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about health, particularly mental health and stress and building resiliency. And then, of course, there's always the great uh, lessons that we learn from our tremendous leaders in and outside of the ag industry. And what, in your view, and I guess I'm asking for your personal view, are some of the uh, important issues facing women in Canadian agriculture? Well, I'm glad, Gord, that you ask it as my view, because I... I don't think we should talk about issues in, uh, that women have in the industry. I think we should talk more about the opportunities. And there's tremendous opportunities for today for women in agriculture from university students uh, crossing over the threshold and building a career in agriculture, from women uh, 
being part of the uh, uh, farming operations in Canada to women starting their own businesses in agriculture and food. I think it's a tremendous blossoming time for women in agriculture to have great that have great opportunities um, more than ever before. And there's always been opportunities for women in ag. And now an event like this, uh, how does that feed into uh, providing those opportunities for women? Gordon, it's a tremendous opportunity for women to get together and network, building connections, building relationships, uh, for university students to talk to some of the leaders in the industry that may end up being their employer. Uh, what a great opportunity for women that are feeling a little isolated today and always in the rural areas for them to come together to meet women in other parts of the country, women in other parts of the sector, women in other parts of agriculture. So it's a tremendous opportunity for women to all come together. Uh, do you think that that's something that the sector has done a good job at, uh, at uh, uh, becoming a bit more inclusive over the years? Well, that's a really good, that's a real interesting comment, uh, Gordon. And this is probably why I started the Advancing Women Conference in 2014, um, because I've been in the industry all of my career since 1979. Uh, I have worked in the agricultural industry. I've, I'm a farm girl from Manitoba. And I just felt that at that point in time, that we just didn't see women enough. We didn't profile women enough. Uh, we didn't recognize the contribution that they make to the agricultural industry. And that's really what's behind Advancing Women and why I created it, uh, because I wanted to showcase the, the women in agriculture. I wanted to showcase the opportunities that are available in agriculture for women. And uh, from that point on, I think that everybody saw a little bit of a different turn in the publications and advertising. Uh, more women were profiled in the graphics and the ads. Uh, all of a sudden, you started to see more stories of family farming operations as opposed to just the, the lead gentleman in the farming operation. And so I, I think that this conference has flipped the industry a little bit in realizing that women have always made a contribution to agriculture, and now we see more of them. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I'm going to switch gears a little bit here, and that is uh, also part of your role at Glacier Farm Media. You organized the Farm Forum event uh, coming off in early December, hoping you might be able to give us a little preview of that event as well while we have you here. Yeah, we're excited to present our second Farm Forum conference on uh, December 7 to uh, 7 to 9, and it's uh, three days of speakers that are presenting information for farmers, certified crop advisors, and agrologists. Uh, the information is coming from top researchers, technology experts, and industry leaders uh, that are going to give information on the future of agriculture and the information that progressive farmers and agronomists uh, need to know in as far as crop management, nutrient management, integrated pests, soil and water management, and just the business of innovative farming. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to tell us a bit about both these events and best of luck with both of them. My pleasure, Gord. Thanks so much.
was Iris Mech, who founded the Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference. It runs next week, November 22nd and 23rd. For more information, you can visit their website at advancingwomenconference.ca. That's advancingwomenconference.ca. You're listening to Between the Rows. I'm your host this week, Gord Gilmore. Further to the conference, we caught up with one presenter at her farm, Sandra Dick Farms at 4D Farms at Springsteen, Manitoba, and she's presenting on overcoming the challenges of leadership. Here's that report now. My name is Sandra Dick and I married a fourth generation farmer here in Manitoba. We live near a village in uh, called Springsteen and we farm, uh, we have quite a diverse farm, my husband and I. Um, we farm mixed grains, oil seeds, uh, we're involved in forage seed production so we have leaf cutters that go along with that. Uh, we have a layer barn with about 4,800 hens. So we're wide and a diverse farm here. Um, um, so as a fourth generation farmer, I married uh, 17 years ago and there's quite, we're almost a hundred years old here on our farm. And uh, it brings a lot of history, a lot of responsibility, um, and a lot of gratitude. And so my husband and I married about 17 years ago, and we have three children. And up until about eight years ago, I actually worked in Winnipeg, and I was more of a supportive role here on the farm. I was involved in the community, uh, raising my children, all sorts of things involved in 4-H, uh, you name it. And um, our farm, my the third generation, so my husband's father passed away um, unexpectedly in his 50s. And it brought a lot of transition, kind of unexpected transition for our farm. Uh, we had grown the farm to support two families and, and an employee. And so all of a sudden we were left kind of um, questioning everything. And so it was then that we decided I would leave my position in Winnipeg, which was in healthcare, and I would do more than just a supportive role, but I would actually take a main role on the farm and farm alongside my husband. Um, our mother-in-law is still on the farm and offers, you know, support in way of childcare or field meals and that kind of thing. Um, but other than that, uh, my husband and I and one full-time worker do all the work on our farm. Um, like I said, it's pretty diverse. So we have lots of lots going on and not just in summer, but we have lots going on in winter time as well. Our, our leaf cutter bees, which we have for pollinating our alfalfa seed in summertime, they require some work. Uh, we need to harvest that and deal with the nests and that kind of thing in, in winter time. So that takes up a, a a chunk of time in winter time, as long as equipment maintenance, you name it. So um, when I say farm full time, I farm full time. I come to the farm every morning at 8.30 and I stay here until the kids get home from school. So um, it's not uh, it's not just when I choose to go to work, I gotta go to work. There's livestock and there's things that are waiting for me every day. In the upcoming Advancing Women conference here in Canada, 
Um, it will be held virtually next week. And the reason that I have been asked to participate in the roundtable talk was um, our topic is stepping up the challenges of leadership. I think the conference offers all people in the industry, whether you're a farmer, you're an industry rep, um, any, any, you know, but banker that deals with agriculture, basically anybody can get get value out of this conference. It is such offers such a wide range of topics um, from mental health to managing your farm to social media to I don't know everything everything under the sun I feel is covered in those two days. It's a pretty intense two days but it is so well done um, and I encourage you to take a look. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed last year as an attendee and I look forward to this year um, being able to participate in the table talk. So the table talk uh, session that I'm involved in this year is sponsored by Egg Farmers of Canada. Um, it is held on the first day and for half an hour. And we're talking about the challenges of leadership and stepping into leadership roles. Uh, there's another woman, uh, Susan from Alberta. She's an egg farmer in Alberta and she'll be joining me in that. And then a staff member from EFC, Karen, will be moderating the conversation uh, we'll be talking about leadership. And so, um, and my personal experience and then Susan's personal experience in stepping into roles. As I mentioned earlier before, my history is not in agriculture. My, my personal history is in healthcare. And I always kind of held a supportive role, even here on our farm, um, supporting my husband, my father-in-law, and um, participating kind of on a casual basis. I um, have stepped into a full-time position on the farm and it's been great, but it's not something that I necessarily would have seen myself um, doing 15, well, maybe 20 years ago. In doing so, I have found like an incredible learning curve. I, I just love learning. I love talking to people and I love the opportunities for personal growth. So Egg Farmers of Canada has many programs um, that they offer as a to like nationally to the provinces and territories, and they range from like young farmer programs to women in the egg farming uh, industry. So they've provided a lot of opportunity for growth and for challenging ourselves in ways of, you know, would we want to be a leader? What do we want to do? How to be an effective leader? Um, and it's given me a little bit more confidence in gaining these roles. Um, and so I never, ever would have imagined that I would be sitting on the Manitoba Egg Form Farmers Provincial Board. Um, but I just got voted in this last March. And so my being asked to speak at this table talk was in relation to being asked to sit on the board table around the board table. So I have always been a leader, whether it's in my community, being a 4-H leader, in my um, my church, being a Sunday school leader, you name it. I, um, I gravitate to those positions. And uh, when I joined the agriculture world, um, I really felt lost a little bit because I couldn't take leadership. I didn't know enough. These guys have been doing it their whole lives and and I really didn't have the confidence to take on leadership roles. 
Um, people in our industry have encouraged me along the way. I have an incredibly supportive husband that has um, supported me and encouraged me to be a leader. I a couple of years ago, I got involved in advocacy within our, the egg industry, and uh, it really filled the void of not having any coworkers or patients anymore on a daily basis, and it filled that void of human interaction. And it allowed me to advocate for our industry, um, for a specific commodity group as egg farmers, but also as a larger industry of agriculture and, and uh, also educate. Like I've been able to involve, become a leader and uh, volunteer in the schools for agriculture in the classroom, which is another wonderful program. I feel that taking on leadership roles is really important Um, Like I said, I lacked a lot of confidence, and that's because um, an example would be the Manitoba Egg Farmer Board. History, uh, in history, it has been all males up until a couple of years ago, and generally speaking, they are middle-aged, and a lot of them have been there for, you know, 15 to 20 years, and so that's a really intimidating um, board to join or to feel that I even had a part in in uh, sitting around that table. I think though, I have come in taking leadership classes and in dealing with other individuals in agriculture, I see the benefit in, in, for this being a women's conference, it talks about women stepping up. Um, And I think it is important to have not only gender and age variation in leadership roles and on our industry board tables, but I think it also what hit me was that our interests and our skills are also very different. So whatever gender you are, whatever age you are, our interests are all different. Sitting around our table, um, there's great communicators. There is more introverted people that really care about numbers. There are people that are very detail oriented. There are, you know, policy makers. There are people like myself that are super interested in education and advocacy and, um, And that side of things, we all offer different things. And so in realizing that, it allowed me the confidence to to step up into this role and to make myself vulnerable and put my name forward um, to run for the board. Um, It has been an incredible learning curve. Uh, I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity. And I look forward to, you know, continuing this personal growth and and this this journey. That was Sandra Dick about the challenges of leadership, which she'll be presenting on at the upcoming Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference, November 22nd and 23rd. You're listening to Between the Rows, and I'm your host this week, Manitoba Cooperator Editor Gord Gilmore. We've all heard about the supply chain snarls of late, but what's that mean to agriculture exports? A fair bit in some cases, as it turns out, we're joined now by Phil Franz Workington of Glacier Farm Media's Markets Farm. He'll give us a bit of insight. Phil, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So we've heard a lot about supply chains melting down, and I'm wondering, is this hitting agriculture? And if so, how is it hitting agriculture? Um, yeah, to uh, maybe not to the same extent as some of the... Uh you know, things we're seeing about not having Christmas presents in time for Christmas and things like that. 
um, and you know the the time of year is maybe helpful for agriculture in in some ways in that uh, uh, imports for the ag sector is not as important at this time but on the export side definitely um, anything moving by container is having issues so that's all your pulses and special crops that that's all uh, hitting that um, I guess the, the one thing from the Canadian perspective is we had smaller crops overall this year so our uh, usage of uh, exports uh, uh, there, there's less to export so it, it hasn't hit the ag sector to the same extent. So that's not necessarily a good news thing because, you know, we'd rather have more to export, but um, um, that that there is, you know, just the, the drought and the smaller crops out there means it's less of a, a impact the, the uh, supply chain issues that, that are there. Um, and yeah, like this has been going on for months, the supply chain stuff, and it's just been added in the past week with the, the whole weather situation out in BC. So in, in terms of agriculture, then the big impact is uh, containers, uh, but a clogged port is a clogged port uh, and uh, that must be hitting the bulk grain a little bit at least then, hey? Yeah, well, the uh, as as of right now, by all, all reports, there's nothing getting into the into Vancouver, right? So and it's uh, I, I imagine I haven't heard uh, exactly, but I imagine, you know, loading the vessels that are there and, and all of that is facing delays and um the, the the big rail yards that are there in the fraser valley which has hit the brunt of this so the to get the grain there and then it's sitting there before it heads to the port so it's uh, uh it's definitely um yeah causing uh things to back up um and uh, we'll we'll see where it where it the i know the the railways have said you know they're working on it and we'll get things moving again but you know what can you do about the weather and uh, uh the you know roads are washed out or covered with uh landslides and all and all of that and the same with the rail lines there's been uh derailments and things so it's uh it'll take a while to sort out and you know unclog the you know get things moving as they should but yeah as i mentioned earlier the the fact that we have less grain to move overall is probably, um, you know, easing, easing things somewhat that situation. Now, one of the things I saw recently uh, was that the uh, Baltic dry index, that's the index for that uh, tracks shipping costs, uh, it's dropped. And that kind of surprised me because it seems like everything else is going up. Uh, what does that mean in terms of shipping uh, a crop, say, out of Western Canada uh, and, and just bulk grain moving around the globe generally? Yeah, well, from the, the, the Baltic dry index, yeah, it has come down and general shipping costs have come down. And that um, is mainly uh, mainly to do with China, um, I guess. Well, we're seeing a big congestion right now. Their congestion at their ports there has apparently cleared up a bit and they're sitting on some large iron ore supplies and they had had uh, issues with that earlier, but... Um, so Chinese uh, port issues are not as of a big concern as they had been. So that's weighing on. Um, they're they're a big, you know, they they're the big demand for lots of bulk commodities. So that has seen prices ease. Um, 
overall, yeah, the, the shipping rates have come down a fair bit. But if you uh, widen the outlook, they're off their record highs, but they're still about double what they were last year at this time. And they're still historically uh, historically strong. So it might be more of a, you know, a correction. Things got too heated too fast and now it's come down and, it, you know, it's not looking as expensive, but it's still, uh, you know, in, in the bigger picture, still still at the higher end of historical values. Um, when it comes to Canada, when prices, when bulk shipping prices go down, that's generally beneficial for us. We're at a freight disadvantage into a lot of parts of the world. So um, if you think we're competing with Australia to send uh, grain to Asia, Australia is a lot closer. So the when the shipping rates go down then we can be more competitive with them into a situation like that um so the the, the cost going down is helpful for us but uh you know as mentioned earlier no matter what the cost if we can't get the grain where it needs to be to to ship it then that's its own issue well thanks a lot phil much appreciate that you are welcome That was Phil Franz Workington of Markets Farm, running us through some of the transportation challenges ensnaring the globe. And that's another edition of Between the Rows. I'm your host this week, Gord Gilmore, saying so long, and we hope you'll join us again next week. Part of being a farmer is being an accountant and a mechanic and a chemist. You have lots on the go. So FarmLink makes your grain marketing go further. We help you reach your financial goals with calculated sales decisions. No bias, just solutions and results. Plus, with our new app, GrainFox, we bring every opportunity right to your fingertips. Literally, start seeing the returns that will get your family ahead. You've earned it. FarmLink. Your work is worth more. Get started at farmlinksolutions.ca.